Here we go. West Hills Friends is a Quaker meeting in Portland, Oregon. You can find more information about our community at westhillsfriends.org. As a Quaker community, we encourage everyone to share from their hearts. Especially as it pertains to God's leading in their lives. These words are shared into a community that values the opportunity to respond and dialogue about what is said. The responses and dialogue are not included in this recording. The views expressed in this content are solely those of the original contributor. And do not necessarily speak for the entire West Hills Friends community. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Scripture reading this morning comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Verses 16 through 18. So we do not lose heart. Even though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all measure. Because we look not at what can be seen, but at what cannot be seen. For what can be seen is temporary, but what cannot be seen seen is eternal. A few weeks ago, my phone dinged with a text notification. I glanced at the screen to see our own Alice Broderick's name above a question that read, have you heard Dolly Parton's America, the podcast by Jad Abumrad? Alice knows I'm a lover of podcasts, especially because they help me navigate long stretches in the car and a sink full of dishes. So from time to time, Alice will send over another recommendation, and I've come to trust her recommendations. It is why I was able to push through my first reaction to this latest suggestion, which was, why in the world would I listen to a podcast about Dolly Parton? I knew nothing of Dolly Parton, mostly because I wasn't particularly interested in a country music artist. But as I said, I trust Alice when she sends me a podcast recommendation and I started listening. Alice didn't let me down. For the last week or so, I have been craving pockets of time to put in my headphones and listen to the next episode. The podcast, which is produced by the exceptional people who make Radiolab, invites listeners into a deep dive of the Dollyverse examining the depth and brilliance of Dolly Parton's songwriting, her appeal across the entire political spectrum, and the ways in which the LGBTQIA community has found her and her music to be a source of comfort and connection. 
I listened to the latest episode just this Monday as I drove home from the peace vigil we had here in this space. As I neared my neighborhood, <clears throat> as I neared my neighborhood, an episode that examined the song Jolene began to come to a close, and the last few minutes just hit me like a ton of bricks. For those of you who are unfamiliar, I'm going to play a few moments of the song here to maybe refresh your memory. song on the surface falls into a common country song um, into a common country song uh, genre known as the cheating song if you listen to a country radio station today on the way home chances are you will hear one or two songs about a cheating partner before you pull into your driveway songs of infidelity and heartbreak are a trope in country music but Dolly came at the genre a bit sideways. Instead of addressing her husband's mistress in a combative way, she sings almost as if in adoration of her. Here are some lyrics for you. Your beauty is beyond compare. With flaming locks of auburn hair. With ivory skin and eyes of emerald green. Your smile is like a breath of spring. Your voice is soft like summer rain. And I cannot compete with you, Jolene. He talks about you in his sleep, and there's nothing I can do to keep from crying when he calls your name, Jolene. The chorus repeats with the line, please don't take my man. The riff that you just heard at the beginning and which repeats over and over and over again throughout the song, almost in a circular pattern, invokes an image of a worried wife pacing the floor of her home, singing perhaps under her breath, a plea to a woman who could, with little effort, uproot her entire life. But some in the LGBTQIA community have wondered about the homoerotic undertones of the song. Some have even written a fourth verse, playing with the possibility that the narrator and Jolene end up ditching the lousy man altogether <laughs> and fall in love with one another. <laughs> While Dolly herself denies any homoerotic motivation in the lyrics, she openly welcomes her audience allowing the song to speak to their hearts. Many in the LGBTQIA community say that Dolly's music inhabits a third place for them, a type of openness that permits their own experience and truth to be affirmed. This exploration in itself is incredible, but the podcast finishes this exploration of Jolene and the space it creates for those who listen with something that blew my mind. 
They interview a man named Tokyo Sashwele, who was a freedom fighter in South Africa during the apartheid regime, and who joined the armed resistance movement and was later caught and imprisoned on Robben Island. When he arrived at the prison, he was shocked to find that he was being held in a cell directly next to Nelson Mandela. Tokyo speaks of the torture he endured alongside Mandela. But he also said that over time, the guards in the prison softened some and began to allow Mandela, the leader of all these fellow resistance fighters, to play music over the loudspeakers in the prison. Mandela would use the opportunity to play songs of freedom and songs to encourage and inspire his comrades. And by now, you probably already are connecting the dots. But Tokyo reveals that the artist Mandela played the most often was Dolly Parton. When asked what songs he remembers Mandela playing, he says his absolute favorite was Jolene. I turned off my car after hearing this and just sat in my driveway for a few moments. When Alice texted me about Dolly Parton, I almost laughed at the idea of being interested in hearing anything about this person. And now here I am finding out that freedom fighters imprisoned on an island off the coast of South Africa were being inspired and uplifted by the musical choices of Nelson Mandela. And one of his go-to artists was a little country music singer from the hills of Tennessee. And why Jolene? a song about an anxious woman afraid of losing her man to a mistress she can't seem to compete with. Imagining the song ringing out through loudspeakers in an echoey concrete building, you think of the ears hearing it. The prisoners and guards alike in their fear of losing everything. Anxious moments of wondering if everything you'll ever know will be forever different. And somehow this shared experience resonating across all hearts. That story alone is impactful enough, but something else was hitting me in that moment. That for as long as the Christian church has existed, there have been communities of people doing the exact same thing, oftentimes quietly, with the black books tucked into the back of the pew in front of you. Communities of people who have been categorically dismissed from the fellowship of our meeting spaces, mostly because in those very books are texts that seem to support the reasons for their ouster. Miraculously, these people, even with their pain, pushed through and still found in the very text used against them hope and truth. Sitting in my driveway, I thought about one of my first encounters with this reality, which happened in college as I first heard of liberation theology. Theologians in Latin America in the 1950s and 60s began gaining an international audience as they proclaimed a reclamation of the gospel of Jesus as one of social concern for the poor and a political liberation for oppressed people. As a young man who grew up in rural Pennsylvania, I had no context for understanding, the re, re, understanding reading the Bible through any other lens. And so to hear theologians musing on passages that felt like throwaway verses 
were both, was both disorienting and fascinating. It was also during this time that I, introduced, I was introduced to the work of Robert McCafe Brown, a theology professor from the Pacific School of Religion in Berkeley who spent most of his life as a civil rights activist and an outspoken voice against the war in Vietnam. In one of his books, Unexpected News, Reading the Bible with Third World Eyes, he has this to say. We have spent years examining the Bible with every possible variety of fine-tooth comb. We have dated manuscripts, challenged traditional authorships, rearranged the order of verses, corrected mistranslations of passages dear to childhood memory. After all this critical scrutiny, however, we have returned to the text itself, looking at it with a secondary naivete. For we still have to ask the pesky question of the text as it stands. What does the passage say to us? If the, if the passage contains material about an angel, the basic question at this point is not, are there such thing as angels? And do they conform to the laws of aerodynamics? But granting that the writer believed in angels as messengers of God, what message is God trying to communicate through a story about an angel? Did Mary sing the Magnificat in the form in which it has come down to us? Probably not. But such an answer does not complete a discussion of Luke 1, 46 through 55. We still have to ask, what does it mean for our faith that the Magnificat has been preserved in this form and that its unsettling words have been placed in the lips of Mary? Unless we deal with such a question, we will find a dozen reasons to evade its revolutionary message falsely assuring ourselves that it was softly spoken by a demure maiden with no fire in her eye. So we are going to approach these stories as they now stand, entering the world their tellers inhabited, to see if God can cut through their own world to ours. What we hear will be unexpected and therefore upsetting, but at least it will never be dull. What is the power that exists in a community like this, West Hills Friends Church? A group of people with a wide variety of experiences within and outside the church. Folks with histories of reading and exploring sacred texts like the Bible. Folks who have been hurt and traumatized by the church and folks who have been, for most of their lives, lovingly embraced and found a home in it. I think the power of this community is that if we are careful and, and continue to devote ourselves to it, we can avoid the trappings of a single story and see in the multi-layered experiences of all who are gathered an incredible opportunity, an opportunity to know the truth that exists in these stories, despite the various ways in which we hear and read them and to rejoice and revel in the power and beauty in that. We are still in very uncertain times as a community. 
In many ways, we are back at square one in our search for an additional release minister. I have been intimately involved in this process and I have been witness to the fear and worries that have risen during this time. When things change so greatly, we do worry. We worry whether the place that has been so important and meaningful to us will still be that way. Do you hear the pacing on the floor guitar rift of Jolene? We worry about losing something. And what is so clear to me is that those fears are so real and natural and raw. And sometimes I think we can go into preservation mode, which is also a natural state to enter when afraid. But I think it can give us tunnel vision. And that is why I feel like spirit is giving me this message to share this morning as a way of stepping back and looking at what this community has always been. Namely, a community that has leaned into the hard work with a spirit of playfulness around creating space for people to approach the messy work of being a church together, with a spirit of grace and understanding and collaboration. I think in times of uncertainty, it can be helpful to step back and take in the whole landscape not just the rocky trail at your feet. We can look lovingly at this thing that so many folks have built over 30 years and what has sustained this community all that time with eyes and ears tuned towards appreciation and hope and put our anxiety and fears into context of possibility. What if we heard the reason why Nelson Mandela played Jolene to his comrades in prison and delighted in the truth that exists at the heart of that song for him? What if we could say, yes, I know the fear of losing everything. In fact, I'm scared too. I think when we say things like that to one another, we live into the reality Rumi so eloquently imagined out beyond ideas of wrongdoing and rightdoing, there is a field. I'll meet you there. As we enter into open worship and we prepare our hearts for business meeting today, I wonder if we can hold these queries together as a community. What is causing you fear or anxiety this morning? How might being vulnerable about that fear create opportunities for understanding and compassion? When you look up and take in the whole landscape, what is it that makes your heart skip a beat? What fills you with awe and appreciation? How might this help you and us along the rocky trails? How might we see the beauty in the various ways a song touches individual hearts across our differences? How might that beauty create spaciousness for our faith community to continue to live in the beauty 
and mystery of our shared life and future together. Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. We're really happy that so many of you are finding it to be helpful and as a way to stay connected with what's going on with us here at West Hills Friends. If you'd like to stay connected with us in other ways, we have a couple options for you. You can check out our website. It's westhillsfriends.org. There you'll find some more information about who we are as a community. You can also follow us on Facebook. We have a Facebook account by just searching for West Hills Friends. You can also follow us on Instagram. We have a Instagram account with the name West Hills Friends. So we hope that you'll get connected with us in other ways. And again, thanks for taking the time to listen to this podcast. <laughs>